0: And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's wonderful to be with you here this evening, no matter where you're listening to us or how you're listening to us. Thank you so very much for joining us and being on the journey of Lent with us. This is going to be a wonderful episode, and uh, as always, I am joined by my co-host, Ann DeSantis. And how are you this evening, and uh, how are you doing out there in Philadelphia tonight?
1: Oh, I'm doing so well, Bill. And, and as I say, every week now that we're in like mid-March, that I'm going to sound happier and happier as we get into the spring, <laughs> because I love the warmer weather. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Me too. Especially... Yeah, was... Yes,
1: I know you're out in Wisconsin. I'm here in Philadelphia. And our wonderful, wonderful guest, Dr. Matt Smith, is out in Indiana. And we're so excited about having him on this podcast with us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Good evening.
2: Thanks for having me, Ann and, and Bill. I really appreciate having the opportunity to be
0: here with you tonight. Yeah, thanks.
1: Yes, we're so grateful to you. You're coming to us, I believe, from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I would love to read your bio so that people can get to know a little bit about you and the wonderful work that you're doing for so many people. So Matt Smith is the Director of Strategic Alliances at the OSV Institute for Catholic Innovation the philanthropic arm of the Our Sunday Visitor Publishing Company, and one of the oldest Catholic grantmakers in the United States. The newly named OSV Institute for Catholic Innovation seeks an evolution that better embodies the values by which OSV was first founded. Archbishop Knoll founded OSV over 100 years ago using new methods and approaches to educate Catholic faithful and advanced the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today, the OSV Institute for Catholic Innovation recognizes the need for a similar catalyst to cultivate thought leadership, strategic doing and design thinking to ultimately energize and renew the 21st century church. Matt, a former professor at the Fort Wayne based University of St. Francis came to the OSV Institute for Catholic Innovation in early 2020 and is responsible for managing existing relationships while generating new opportunities on a national basis with Catholic institutions, service providers, startup businesses, and Catholic ministries. Most notably, those who apply for the OSV Challenge grant-making competition now in its second year sample interview questions talking points are available on okay now that's something we don't need to read but uh, <laughs> ha ha ha
2: i went too far so thank you so much
1: for joining us on sewing hope
2: well and again and bill thank you so much for having me and 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 that was quite a mouthful of a bio and so you did a great <laughs> job there uh really i was
1: trying <laughs> but yeah you're you're doing amazing things why don't we start out with even you as a uh a Catholic husband, probably father. Um, Tell us more about you.
2: Well, I'm actually a native of Fort Wayne. Uh, Grew up here, uh, went through 12 years of Catholic education and uh, then left and got an undergraduate uh, degree in English and then a PhD in English. And I taught for three years in Chattanooga, Tennessee at a two year college, a community college there. Had a great experience. Um, My parents were starting to have some health problems. And so I moved back to the Midwest for two years Bloomington, Illinois. And then the position at the University of St. Francis opened up and I was able to uh, move, move to Fort Wayne back where they were uh, to help, help with them a little bit. Um, I also met my wife in Bloomington, Illinois. So it was a very profitable two years, uh, mostly for me. I don't know about her, but uh, mostly for me. I'm kidding there uh, so, but we were able to come here. And, and so I had a 17-year career at the University of St. Francis. I started there as a, a professor of English my background and, and directed the writing program, uh, then did I chaired the Department of English and Foreign Languages, uh, was Dean of Arts and Sciences for a number of years, uh, and then for the last seven years was Vice President for Institutional Advancement, uh, which oversaw development, uh, alumni relations, career outreach, marketing, um, and whatever else uh, President, Sister Elise, Chris could uh, 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 throw my way. Uh, to keep me on my toes. But it was a great experience. Uh, The Order of Sisters that sponsors the Sisters of St. Francis, a perpetual adoration, wonderful order, um, growing. Um, They were great, great to work for. And then I was lucky enough uh, to move on to OSV and the Institute. Um, And it's been an interesting year. I started about a month before the pandemic, before the shutdown. So, uh, you know, dealing with that in a new company and, and really a new industry as a whole. And so that's been a, a interesting kind of experience, but a good experience. I mean, it was, it's something I think, you know, a lot of listeners, you and, and Bill can probably share. God always takes care of you and often puts new challenges in front of you and that, that those new challenges will uh, invigorate you. And I, I really have felt that over the last year. I've been
0: very blessed. That's awesome.
1: Wow, amazing. You have such uh, a lot of experience in in both uh, education and marketing, and in your Catholic faith, and so that that's just incredible. It, it's a really good combination, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure that you've been on quite a journey, met so many great people, in all the work that you have done, and and 2020 proved to be a challenging year, but I think you had a good year, from what I could tell. And- oh yeah,
2: it's been a wonderful year. I've been you know, um, you know, I I got to work with a wonderful. Uh, boss, Sister Elise at the University of St. Francis for many years, and then moving uh, into the Institute, working with Jason Shanks, who I I think probably a lot of your listeners will know through his work with the Institute, um, just his thought leadership and innovation. Like I said, it's been something new for me. I mean, with my background in academics and education, learning is a really important aspect for me. And so it's been a real, um, what I'll say is a, a deep dive into innovation and how to cultivate it. Um, how to cultivate it and in, in sort of wrapping it in the new evangelization to bring people to the church, and um, so it's been a great experience. And and I, you know, I, I really I, I am so thankful that it's worked out. We've been very blessed. Um, it's sort of you know the the pandemic has been horrible in many ways, but it's also been a chance for me to spend a lot of time learning uh, about innovation, learning about OSV, which has actually been very fascinating. I I honestly got to be on. Uh, your listeners and you i didn't know a whole lot about them and and you know i'd love to tell you a little just about the history because i think um i i do think that it's an interesting story that is that in good midwestern fashion we don't tell often uh enough uh you know sort of that humble uh, midwestern oh shucks kind of attitude so i see bill uh, kinda, <laughs> yeah. you know we got to we, we get more of the brash east coaster uh, yeah. In us, uh, so, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: I'm <laughs> Philadelphia. Here. That's
1: right. Well, I have to say that Bill was originally from my area, right, Bill? Yes. So, uh, he, he's, it he's, he's a Midwesterner, this. but his heart is is also over here too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I see a little bit of both in him. I see a little bit of both. So, yeah. so yeah. Please do tell us the history. We'd love to hear. I know our listeners would also love to hear.
2: Yeah, just, a, I mean, very briefly, and it, but it, it really ties into what we're doing with the challenge now and, and the Institute's work with innovation. So um, OSV, Our Sunday Visitor, was founded by Father Noel at the time in 1912. And he founded it as a way to um, combat um, some of the, the misrepresentations of, of Catholic faith and Catholic teachings in the Midwest. So, you know, some of the I don't know if they're apocryphal or not, but some of the stories about uh, Father Noel is he would go, um, you know, they would have tent meetings. A lot of the evangelical movement would have tent meetings. And when he would go to these tent meetings and, you know, there would be some misrepresentation of the faith and Father Noel would go to talk back, you know, to the preachers. Um, But he would also tell the people who arrived, he said, if you want to hear the real story about the Catholic Church, come back the next night and I'll be here and tell you the real story. And so, again, it could be apocryphal, but it's part of the legend and and history of of OSV is he was sold a printer for $1 in 1912. And so he started the Our Sunday Visitor newspaper, and it was a series of letters as if a friend stopped by Father Noel's house and was asking him questions about the faith. And so, you know, I know OSV has, still has the newspaper, uh, the weekly newspaper is still published. You know, at one time it was um, one of the most popular newspapers in the United States. And actually, uh, OSV for a long time was a large publishing house. That was what it was best known as. Um, one of the things I learned is becoming a new employee was at one time uh, there was a, a a railroad spur that went right to the warehouse. And at Christmas time and other holidays, OSV would um, take in as vendor contracts the Sears catalog. So like their Christmas catalog would be printed at OSV and then they'd ship it out right on the rails uh, from there, which I think is a funny story kind of thing like that. You know, but as, as OSV grew and diversified, and again, where it links in is Father Noel was always about on- being an entrepreneur, an innovator. How can I communicate the faith outside of, of our regular church and really the truth of the faith? Um, so it's not misrepresented. So people have the opportunity to share in it, and so really, always that innovative entrepreneurial spirit. You know, now what OSV does is is probably many people know us um, by our publishing of or our printing of many of the church envelopes. There's about 17,000 parishes in the United States, and OSV uh, uh, prints envelopes for about 15,000 of them. So we we enter into many people's lives through that. We also uh, do a lot of curriculum, uh, both for uh, K through eight education and homeschool curriculum. What we've begun to do in the last oh, 15, 20 years, there was also a lot of um, online media. So we partner with some folks to, to have curriculum through online uh, venues and mediums. We also publish books, um, um, trade books, things like that. Uh, number of websites. We also have a large com- component of um, what I would call parish services, church management software, website services, uh, capital campaign, marketing services. We've begun to help Catholic schools market better. Uh, we've been doing some things with some Catholic schools in the area. Um, you know, So again, sort of building on that entrepreneurial, innovative spirit of Father Noll, um, Archbishop Noel, he did become a bishop and then was given the honorary title of Archbishop. Um, and building on that, Really around innovation and around entrepreneurship, and so you know one of the things that really attracted me to me to leave a tenured position at a university, um, uh, which is sort of unheard of, and I was somewhat uh, uh, asked many questions by my colleagues. Was I was really attracted to the learning culture at OSV? It's really a culture of you know we want to make sure that OSV is serving the church 50 years from now, 75 years from now. So what do we need to do to be on the, the cutting edge for the church to bring people to Christ? Um, and so around that, um, it goes into the story of the challenge. So um, I want to take a breath because I've been uh, talking at you for a bit. Yeah, and, no, uh, no,
1: I, I'm, I love hearing this because uh, first of all, I want to just say I love OSV in so many ways. Um, one thing that I love about you guys that you've done for many years are the, the little pamphlets and yeah, and, and I have a whole bunch of them here at my house, and I sometimes pick them up and say, oh my gosh, I love this author. And so for so many years, you've been doing amazing work to help to evangelize and to bring really good Catholic content to individuals and Catholic families all over the place.
2: Well, that's really kind of you to say, Anne, and I, I appreciate that. You know, like We still publish the Priest Magazine, the Deacon Magazine, and, and some other things like that. And and again, we're always looking for ways that we can get the message out about the Church in North America.
0: Yeah, I I am uh, very interested to hear your perspective on innovation, especially in the Catholic Church, because, you know, we, we don't hear that word an awful lot when we come into a parish setting. They're like, oh no, we're going to continue doing the same thing the same way we've been doing this for 50 years. And we then expect a different result to happen. I, I've served on parish staffs uh, for, for many years as a youth minister, and I, I've i always seen that everywhere I've gone. And so part of the reason why uh, I, I believe the Lord called me into doing this Patchwork art ministry was because we just can't continue to spin the wheels and do the same thing over and over again and expect different results. It's just—that's the definition of insanity. So, um, you know, I would— I would love to hear your perspective because I'm sure you have, you know, doing this whole innovation challenge thing, some really uh, keen insights into, you know, how Catholics can become better innovators and and work to build the Church not just of today but of tomorrow.
2: You know, Bill, that's a that's a great question, and I appreciate that analysis. And you kind of cut to the heart of it. So, you know, kind of kind of giving you a, a, a little bit of a link with the history of OSV. So in 1915, the institute, OSV Institute, uh, uh, I guess became real within the operation because Father Noel always thought that any funds generated by OSV needs to go back to the church. So uh, OSV, the institute is not a traditional endowment. We operate out off the margin of, the, of what OSV makes. And so, it, you know, that, that, that we're, we are giving back to the church what we're able to take in. Um, and in 1970 or so, this is for all your governance junkies out there, we actually became an actual uh, institute uh, by the governance documents and all those kind of things, a little bit separate from OSB, but still part of OSB, um, if that makes any sense. And OSB is a 5013C. A lot of people don't realize that. So we refer to ourselves as a social enterprise, um, you know, trying to, to give those funds back. So um, we we hired Jason Shanks three years ago as, as president of OSV. Um, and when he came to OSV, you know, doing traditional grant making, wonderful job supporting wonderful organizations. He halted grants for about a year and just did sort of a year. I mean, some might call it a walkabout, a sort of study tour and really immersed himself in. All the things that were going on in the Catholic world to try to figure out exactly, Bill, what you were talking about and, and Anne, what you've alluded to in other, in other comments and sort of, you know, what's going on in the Catholic Church and where does it need its most um, assistance. And so part of that is, you know, very data driven. I mean, it, we've all seen the numbers of, of people leaving the church, young people leaving the church, um, you know, uh, people's trust of the church, all those things. And, and so... You know what um what jason decided or what osb and the board kind of worked through was um we would have three strategic initiatives to grant to and, and they were around the domestic church uh so family services things like that getting the domestic church building up the church in your home um, working with millennials and nuns uh you know those that don't have faith or those that have left the faith and then also serving our growing hispanic population and again very data-driven demographic, um, you know what is happening with the church in North America. You know as um, we become a more diverse church, and and certainly uh, the Hispanic Latino population is, um, is growing within the church. And so, how do we serve them as brothers and sisters in a, in an authentic way? So for the last two years, that's what we've done our grant making, three cycles of grants, and it's been organizations that um, again have done wonderful work. And so last year, um, Jason. Uh, And the OSV Institute started the challenge, the 2020 challenge, our first challenge, as sort of a, you know, sort of a, let's see what happens with innovation. And so there were about 350 applicants in the first round, um, got down to 12 finalists, three $100,000 prizes. And what we did, and and this is where the higher ed background and some of the assessment work I'd done in higher ed really worked out well, um, was look at the impact of our grants over the last two, two and a half years and our investment in innovation. And what we really saw was that our grantees were doing tremendously good work. But but Bill they were in, and they were doing exactly kind of what you said, offering some of the same services that they had been for 30, 20, 15 years. <coughs> Pardon me. So were they having an impact? And we thought when we looked at what sustainability and impact that our innovative challengers innovation challenges we're having, um, even just in the 12 and the nascent ideas and things like this, we thought the potential was much greater there. So we rebranded ourselves um, to the OSV Institute for Catholic Innovation. So while that you know may seem like a minor change, it really signaled our emphasis on funding things that are innovative in the church, still within the magisterium. And we have um, put more resources into our challenge 2021 where, um, you know, again, applications are open. So osvchallenge.com. Um, but applications are still open until um, April 2nd uh, for the first round. Move people into the second round. We will have 25 semifinalists at that time. We will give grant prize money at that time to the semifinalists a certain level. Those 25 will enter accelerator through OSV. Um, where we hope to give them sort of spiritual formation, but also business formation. They will be with mentors. Uh, we will do a six-week accelerator, online accelerator. From those 25, uh, we will get 12 finalists. Those 12 finalists will have fi- uh, prize, uh, a prize money, grant money given to them at another level. Mm-hmm. And then those 12 will compete for the three $100,000 prizes. Um, and so it's a long-winded way, Bill, of getting to, you know, what do we see as innovation in the church? And, and it's a way, one, linking back to our, our charism as OSV, back to Archbishop Noel. He wanted to do something new. He kept trying to figure out what was going to um, evangelize, what was going to get the message out, always in new ways. The other thing that, that we really, in our, in our sort of discernment about our, our own grant making, was I mean, the history of the church is about grant making or grant making. It's about innovation. You think about hospitals. You think about schools. Uh, I mean, some things as simple as beer making, uh, pretzels. Um, you know, all these kind of things. But big things like hospital systems, schools, um, a, a rash of scientific discoveries, but also things like pretzels and and beer and things like that. But the Catholic Church has been innovation. Now, you know without with total frankness i mean the last and somewhat challenging some of the scandals some of the the but what we really think at osb is you know the church needs to go on the offensive and that that doesn't mean you know in a sort of you know poke the chest poke their chest stand up and scream but it's really to talk about we are innovative let's 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 share that innovation with the world and then let's share the truth and beauty of the catholic church let's find ways um, that maybe we're just not doing right now yeah. um, to, to serve our brothers and sisters and bring them to Christ. And that really, again, a very long-winded answer, as English professors might be willing to do every <laughs> once in a while, but to your answer. But it really, we thought it both both um, um, aligned with our, our charism as OSV, but also line, aligned with the Catholic Church as an innovator.
1: Yeah, I, I just love, I feel like I could listen for a long time because, as I said, I love the work that you're doing. I've always really loved what, what OSV has been doing and especially this new challenge. And, you know, we all have to keep up with innovation, all of us, whether we're Catholic or not, right? And and if we don't, honestly,
2: we're going to be left behind. So, well, you yeah, know, if that it, makes it, sense. It's You know, not only left behind, Am, but it, it, it's also about... I mean, one, we're a you know, we're a gospel church. We want people to be able to share in that, um, in, in that gospel message. And so but it's also about um, it's also about linking the heritage of the Catholic Church with what lies ahead. I mean, you don't want to lose the tradition, you don't want to lose the truth, but you have to find ways that you can reach people and serve people that make sense and that work for them. And and like I said, just in a data-driven demographic way, we can see that perhaps the church in North America is not um, as successful as it could be.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that that's a good thought. You know, the, the ending part, as successful as it could be, because there's always room for improvement. And I think yeah. when we're humble enough to look at ourselves, and as you said, data-driven, look at the look at the facts, right and how can we reach those younger people who are walking away from their faith as some people refer to them as the nuns n-o-n-e-s right not (laughs) n-u-n-s like the the sisters right (laughs) but uh how can we reach those people and you know part of also what we do with sowing hope um is also the same thing because we found that our demographic is really very uh widespread right bill i mean we've got people inside (laughs) And outside of the church, which is a great thing, so you're getting listeners right now that are both uh, devouted Catholics and also people who are kind of uh, on the borderline there. So, um, yeah. so thank you so much for joining us on this podcast.
2: Oh, I'm just I'm 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 very happy to share this, and and as I said, you know it, it's as successful as we can as we could be because you know there's so much that do, the church does well, and there's so many ways it serves so many people how do we how do we amplify that quite frankly and how do we do it even better I think Ian that was a I really appreciate your sort of uh, spinning out uh, my pontification there at the end so I appreciate that
1: oh yeah absolutely I mean and I know Bill's shaking his head there because we see each other on zoom as we're doing this <laughs> audio podcast um, you know we have to look at the body of the church don't we and we have to look at the members People who are consider themselves churchgoers and they're at Mass every week, even through the pandemic, and people who have stopped going to Mass during the pandemic. And then there's people who have been away even before that, right? And they haven't been in church but consider still consider themselves Catholic. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that, because we're all of us are trying to find ways to engage people who are quote away from their faith. Um, I don't know if you had any words to say on that. And What has OSV, what is your thoughts about that? Because like you said, you're looking at the data.
2: Yeah, you know, one of the things, and I'll I'll talk about it, you know, through our challengers last year, the 12 finalists, and talk about some of those finalist projects, um, you know, some of the things that, you know, we want to fund so that they can be successful. And, And some of them will, you know, people may go to the website and say, well, how does that wrap into, you know, evangelizing or bringing people. give you an example. We have we had one project um, that was a technology project, and it, it really was for parish priests to be able to, it was almost like a customer relationship management, but so that they could know where people were in sacramental prep, you know, all kinds of things that could be data-driven that anywhere from a parish secretary to the priest could use so that the priest could spend more time being pastoral with his parishioners, as opposed to checking out who was baptized, who is this—you know—a really easy sort of parish management system, um, you know, for lack of a better word. But it allows that priest to spend more time being a pastor. Why, more than likely, that person became a priest in the in the first place. So you know, that's that's one project one of our winners was Eden invitation. Um, and that, that was a project. Are you familiar with Eden invitation? Yes. Or? Yes.
1: We, in fact, in the foundation that I represent, the St. Raymond and foundation, our uh, one of our priests, father Ken, which bill knows very well. Um, he in, asked me to, he said, put this on our website, you know, <laughs> so Eden invitation is on the St. Raymond and website on our, underneath our helpful
2: resources. Great. I mean, that's great, and you know they're out of Milwaukee, I believe, uh, Bill. I think uh, I think they're out of Milwaukee, and so you know you know Eden imitation is a movement for young adult Catholics experiencing same sex desires, and so it's really a, a safe space for those individuals who often believe the church has no space for them to talk about that in a real and authentic way within again the church, and so they have a Hearth and Porch initiative. Which fosters local hubs for community and, and formation and create new evangelistic evangelistic uh, testimony videos. So, you know something like that. That for a segment segment of our our population that that may believe the church has no opening for them or no safe space for them, a uh, 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 organization that does provide that. Um, one of our other winners. I mean, just talking about that was the Juan Diego Network, um, mm. which you know, serving, and and I see Ann again, I'm on the Zoom with them, so I can see Ann shaking her head. Are you familiar with the Juan Diego Network? Or?
1: It's funny. I mean, literally, I'm talking just this week. Uh, Father Ken Breen, <laughs> he might even be listening, uh, who's our spiritual moderator for the St. Raymond Anandas Foundation, where I'm the director. Uh, he said, put these links on our website. So, uh, So Juan Diego Net- Network is also on the helpful resources for
2: St. Raymond. And you knew all you knew all about the end of the <laughs> challenge I, I didn't even need to be on you guys you're, right. right. you're already promoting but, you know, really what the Juan Diego network is 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 trying to do is distribute uh, programs for Latino Catholics and so help evangelize them train pray inspire and bring bring Catholics back because, you know, again, data driven. The Hispanics are the, the most rapid growing population. But they're also the fastest population leaving the church. And so, you know, again, how do we, how do we retain, how do we get them back um, to see the truth and beauty of the church? Hmm.
0: That's beautiful. You know, I mean, all the all the work you're doing, I mean, I, I I also think that, you know, just just by the fact of the coincidence, or maybe not the God incidence of it appearing on the St. Raymond Hernandez Foundation website is the fact that, you know, here the the money is being put to good use. It is being used in such a way that it is reaching new organizations, new, new places so that, um, so that their names can be out there so that they can innovate, so they can create, so they can get new customer base into their organization.
2: No. And that's exactly right. You know, we talk a lot about the ideas and the concept behind it and unbelievably important, but equally important are the people. And, you know, that's one of the things as we're going through challenge 2021 is, Really trying to get an idea of the people that are involved in these projects. One, you know, I, I think you will both you will both be sympathetic to this or empathetic to this is that innovators and entrepreneurs sometimes it can be really lonely and sometimes you're faced with failure on a daily basis. And so what we're also trying to do is get the innovators connected with each other, build a a tribe of innovators so they have that support. You know, one of the things that we found. With the challengers last year and doing some you know assessment afterwards was they found that one of the most valuable parts of the whole um program you know was that they were able to connect with other folks going through similar experiences we also in the accelerator that we offered last year we would bring in entrepreneurs that had been successful to talk to them they were also given mentors um in fe- in their own fields Uh, to help them, you know, oh yeah, I know you're probably struggling with marketing at this point or, you know, what tech, you know, what, what development system should I use? Or, or, you know, just things like that. Or, you know, I have a wife, I have a husband, I have children. How do I make sure that I'm not working 22 hours a day and ignoring that part of my life? How do I make sure that I'm not ignoring the spiritual part of my life? You know, And not to use a trite term because balance is a I think a contextual thing, but how do I make sure that all the parts of my life um, are in harmony? You know, and we found that that was as equally as important as getting the, the concept of the business right or the nonprofit. And so, you know, it's really truly, as we get more into the innovation and, and things like this, it's about the people. And so we're really trying to cultivate those people um, that, that can be successful.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you know, we can analyze and and look at the data, but at the end of the day, right? It's always about the individual human beings, and that's who we're trying to and that we're trying to evangelize them. And what does that mean? That means that the church and Jesus Christ has a relevance in their lives, right? And that it's not just something like a checkbox that grandma. Grandma goes to church on Sundays and wants her grandchildren to go to mass, right? And get their sacraments. It's not about that. It's about making Jesus Christ and the church something of real and true
2: importance, right? Well, it's, yeah, and about encountering that love. I mean, the love of yes. God and of Christ. I mean, it's about that encounter. Um, and again, I mean, I, it's also about building that community with your your fellow travelers. I mean to to know that you're not alone, you know, whether it's innovation or whatever you're doing as a, you know, um we had a we had a group of uh the women uh that were part of the 12 challengers. You know, we did a, a male and a, a a female sort of spiritual development because they're just different things that go on, different pressures. A number of those women were mothers, young mothers, um different challenges with that trying to start a business or start a nonprofit. Um, you know, and so it was very interesting to hear their stories and how important that was for them to connect. And then there were some very pragmatic things that happened out of that, too. I mean, in the sense of there were some challengers that were experts in X, Y or Z, and they could help other challengers with with whatever they were um, you know dealing with in that in that arena. So that was very good, too. And again, what we want to keep doing through this challenge um, and this year trying to be pronounced is, you know, so I've talked to a lot of the folks that have had questions about 2021. So, you know, should I apply this idea? And I, you know, I always tell people, this is not an endorsement or a discouragement about your idea, but, you know, trying to get people even that round one application is just to get your idea down, you know, and to start to think about what might be, who am I serving with this? You know, those kind of things. And so we've tried to tell people, you know, there, it's a competition, so there will be people that will move on. But every step of the way, we're asking you a little bit more to push yourself a little bit more. So even if you don't make it to the finalist, or even if you're not a winner, we want the challenge to be valuable for each and every person that, that takes part in it.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's a really smart idea too, Matt, because there's so many people out there that, that, that are faithful, that do have these ideas, that do have this um, calling from God to... To, to reach out and do ministry i mean you know that that calling doesn't seem to be stopping you know like you know like and, and it's never stopped you know like th- th- that's part of being catholic and so when, when you look at that like all right the the one thing that kind of inhibits that especially in modern culture is our society and the way that our society's organized with all these different you know facets of it so having to make sure that your business is a sound business and it and it has a good business plan is very important to just survive in the 21st century like like you know whereas maybe in the 16th century or or something else you didn't have to have all of these different check boxes checked do do i have a website do i have this do i have that no i think you went outside and just kind of started talking and people followed you
2: You were hoping that barbarians did not attack your city that day. That was, uh, yeah, that
0: was (laughs) (laughs) exactly, exactly. So, so you know, but 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 I I think that's a great way to approach it because then you've got all right. Now here's the business plan. Here's this. Here's that. All right. Now we can move forward, and we've got these. uh, We're we're meeting the demands that our society currently uh, demands of us to to uh, evangelize effectively
2: well and, and bill and ann another part of this too is along with the um, innovation tribe we're also trying to um speak to an investor tribe you know um in in even in this this one year of me working with the with the institute you know and talking with other leaders of foundations and other folks that work with foundations um, and and you may have this conversation often within your uh, realm of of vocation you know foundations and, and philanthropists are looking to make an impact. They want to know that whatever dollars they're giving out is doing good. And so, you know, what we're trying to do is is raise the profile of, of many of these organizations and get them in front of folks that may be able to support them, that want to, um, you know, want to see these ideas succeed. And so, you know, we're also trying to work with other investors. Um, you know, obviously, we've, we've, we've invested, you You know, our foundation's money, our institute's money into this. And we're trying to get other folks to say, hey, this is important for the church. How can we help you? How can we do this? Maybe around an an individual organization. Maybe it's around uh, the challenge. You know, all kinds of things that we're trying to work with bringing other Catholic uh, philanthropists and foundations together. You know, last year of our 12 challengers, probably six were nonprofits and six were for-profit. So we've also done some things with with sort of helping uh, those for-profit uh, ideas understand what equity investment might look like, what valuation might look like. You know, really trying to help them understand um, what is scalability, how might you scale things, and so what might work as a great idea in your parish isn't going to be sustainable for the long run. And so, how do you scale that? What does that mean? What do you market? What kind of capital needs may you need? Which all gets, you know, very business-like in some ways, but it's also about how can you successfully spread the the uh, message of Christ through whatever your ministry is, or through your program, through your software, through your creative endeavor, whatever that may be. And that's, you know, one of the things just to get across to your your listeners. A lot of the questions I get is, well, I'm thinking of X. Does that fit in the innovation? And, you know, at this point, the second year of the innovation challenge, we are still casting our net as wide as possible. Um, We don't have any preconceived notion of what the innovative idea around X or Y or Z may be. So, you know, we are looking for things in Catholic education. We are looking for things in technology. We are looking for creative endeavors. We're looking for it all business ideas, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, I have to say, um, Matt, even before we met, this is funny, as soon as you put that on social media, I got a message back from somebody at your office that I was the first person to apply for the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation. And I'll just add for people who don't know us, is that we do spiritual accompaniment for families in crisis and families affected by divorce and separation so that's what we do we offer that spiritual accompaniment and she said to me oh you're the first to apply so uh i don't know where that'll go but uh, <laughs> i just want to put it out there that i i jumped on as soon as i said oh my gosh i have to do this right away
2: that's great <laughs> and I'm, I'm sorry to say it does not give you any bonus points I, but I'm <laughs> <very glad.
1: laughs> I figured i figured and i have to mention another beautiful wonderful nonprofit is of course patchwork heart ministry Uh, Right here, but Bill Snyder, with being the founder and me being part of this podcast. So, uh, hey, who knows?
2: Who knows? You never know. No, and that's, I mean, truly, you know, sometimes it's just that one word of encouragement, that one leap of faith for someone to take an idea. And, you know, we had one of our challenges. This is not an uh, exaggeration, was a sort of back a napkin idea that she had sketched out and put it into the round one and made it all the way to the finals. Um, It was something that she was very passionate about. She was very coachable, uh, really wanted to learn how to get this idea operationalized, wonderful idea. And so, you know, I really want to encourage, I want to encourage your listeners. I mean, I've talked to a number of people really where it seemed like they just wanted someone to say, go ahead and take that chance. And so go ahead and take that chance. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: great, definitely, and you know, I that you know, that's also a little bit scriptural too, right? I mean, you know, uh, Peter gets out of the boat, he does, uh, so so I think for folks out there uh, that are that are listening, you know, and and I know we have a lot of different uh, you know Catholic pastors and, and ministries that uh, occasionally listen to our podcast, so if there's an idea that you have out there, you know take take the first step knowing that there is a net here uh for for you to you know fall into with with oh with the osv innovation challenge because you know these this this entire mission here is to help uh you know you you be secure in that not just you know worry about stepping out on these waves and start sinking. No, there's going to be somebody there to lift you out and go, okay, when you're sinking, all right, here we are. We're, we're going to help you walk through this process. We're going to help you uh, take the next step. It might be scary, but but we're going to help you through it. And and I think that that's you know, a, a, a beautiful thing you're you know really working on, Matt. And I think the other thing, too, is it encourages people. I think it encourages people in the pews, because I know we have a lot of people that are just ordinary Catholics that may they may not consider themselves innovators and never will, but 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 it takes that to the next level in their own faith journey too because it's saying, all right, you know what? What what chances am I willing to take for for, for the church? What chances am I willing to take to evangelize the next person on the bus today? You know, and and seeing that uh, pushing people to become the best version of themselves to steal Matthew Kelly's line. Uh, is is just something that I think you guys are doing, and it's such a beautiful thing to see. You know, Bill, one of
2: the points that you brought up in there, and and, and I, I will get and give you kudos for being the first application in there, but, you know, is <laughs> I, I really want to encourage, um, you know, a lot of times people think innovation entrepreneurs, they're sort of solitary individuals doing their own thing. But, you know, what I would also want to encourage is folks who are in Parishes or diocesan offices, or or large nonprofits, uh, not large nonprofit church nonprofits. If you have an innovative idea within your ministry or something that you think might work, go ahead and apply. This isn't just for people. This isn't just for startups, though. You know, we don't want this. These aren't capacity building grants or prizes like that where you can scale up. But if you have something within the within your heart and you you know you have the permission of your pastor of your bishop or of your you know leader go ahead and apply see if that that is because we will we're considering that too you don't have to be like i said that solitary uh entrepreneur by themselves or a team of entrepreneurs and innovators we want those too but we also want those people that that may be in um you know different parts of the church that that have always said you know this could make what I do or the, the way that we serve people better, let us know about that.
1: Yeah, thank you for saying that because I think that's an important aspect that, you know, it could be someone new, it could be somebody that has a great idea within their organization that, hey, if we did this, we could really reach more people. This could be a great project. So if you're out there listening and you're a nonprofit or you're working for a church or an individual or whatever, an author who could be whatever, you know, I mean, there's so many different variances of who these people are, right? Uh, Do apply. Tell as we're nearing, not quite there, but nearing toward the end of the show almost and within 10, 15 minutes or so. uh, Tell us how they apply.
2: So um where they would start with osvchallenge.com osvchallenge.com is the website and there you can find the application information a timeline a frequently asked question sheet and then there's a contact button if you still have further questions um your question will eventually end up to me probably um so you know just go to osvchallenge.com take a look at the materials there um and then you know submit your application And again, we have till April 2nd uh, for round one to be open. Um, And then we'll move people into round two, um, semi-finalists and then finals.
1: Wow. That's exciting. Really is. So when does it all wrap up? Like, when will people know, like at the end of the day, quote, when will they know who won and everything
2: like that? Well, you know, innovation never stops, Anne, but, uh, (laughs) uh, but the contest will, we will give checks out. Um, So the challenge will. So, it will end with a demo day. It'll culminate in a demo day with the 12 finalists. And we're hopeful that the demo day will be in person. We had to go virtual with our first one last year, um, which went fine, but we'd like to bring the people together. Uh, September 18th will be, um, and we'll, as, as we get closer to that event, uh, OSV will publicize that event. And, you know, you know one of the things too, Ann and, and Bill, as we move along this, you know, maybe if you want to check in in a couple of months, where are we at? What are we doing? Yeah. You know, maybe bring on semi-finalists or, you know, So I, oh, and again, to. that's just an idea, but you know, that September 18th is again, we want to make this about the challengers. It's not about OSV. It's about these challengers, about these 12 ideas and these 12 people, you know, what are they showing the world? And so uh, we're very excited about that. And we're very excited that we have the potential to have a in-person event. We'll knock on wood and, whatever else we have to do to, to make that
0: happen. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. We, we definitely, I, you, you can have our answer now. <laughs> We'd love to have the uh, challengers on and talk with them. I mean, I think that that's oh, yeah. you know, awesome. Oh, I'd love um, to they, because, you know, again, that, that can be another way uh, for them just to spread the message. I, you know, I, I'm i I'm a very firm believer uh, just because I, I, I took, you know, my, my undergraduate in, uh, communication and TV radio production in in particular, that media, um, is, is, is such a needed thing. And it's a needed thing to tell accurately the truth and give people a platform. You know, media is a platform. It's not, it's, you know, for people to share unbiased stuff. And so, uh, I, I really, really, really firmly believe that, uh, and, and, and to spread the truth. So when you can spread the truth of the faith, spread the truth of the gospel, um, and and have some fun doing it through uh, some great stories of innovation, gosh, I think that's a great idea. And um, we we'd be happy to you know continue to support and help uh, OSV. I mean, just this has been so awesome. Matt. I really appreciate uh, you know all your all your time and and just being with us uh, to, tonight and uh, sharing with us this. This great challenge for people to really, uh, to really live up and and step up to the plate. You know, uh, that, that's the other thing. Maybe you just want to comment on, comment on as we wrap up. You know, is, you know, we need people to step up in in the Catholic Church and fill the 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 gap. You know, you talked a lot earlier about you know how how parts of the church might be lacking, and and, and we the only way to do it is to step up. Right. So um, just just maybe share with us a little bit about the challenge us to step up in, in the final. Well, minutes. and I
2: really think it's it's the challenge of, as I said, um, being on the offensive and not to use it in you know, sort of the martial terms, but to, to use it in the term of to be open to that challenge and to be open um, to sharing the beauty and truth. I mean, again, I think um, we may have become a, a little bit defensive about things as a, as a church and as a people. Um, you know, and, and again, there's been some hard years recently and for a variety of reasons, but, but again, we have such a wonderful message and we have the truth and we have, I mean, our, our church has two over 2000 years, um, of heritage that we can share with people. And so I think that the stepping up part is, you know, is it enough just to go to mass every Sunday? Is it enough? uh you know to to say your rosary every week or those kind of things well you know what where else are your gifts leading you where else um where else can they take you and and again what we're really looking for is to to make a community a tribe of innovators of entrepreneurs that can support each other um as they work through and and again part of this is we realize at osv that you know not every idea is going to flourish but We really hope that they do, but we know that we'll be seeding some ideas that will flourish and that will have an impact uh, in a positive way for the church and for the world. And so that's really that stepping up. I mean, I think that what you're alluding to, Bill, is, and, and I would challenge your listeners. You know, again, a lot of folks are very nervous. Oh, my gosh, I don't want to put myself out there. I can't take another rejection email or letter. But you know what? Just articulating your idea okay maybe so it doesn't go beyond round one or two of the osv challenge but maybe you refine that and you learn from that and next year you apply or there's another foundation or there's uh, you find out that there's another ministry that's doing something very similar and you start to connect with them you know there's there's so many things that can happen by taking that first step
1: Hmm. yeah oh yeah absolutely i agree uh and i'm so glad we had you on this show it's been so interesting and great to meet you, and and I would love to have you back again on Sewing Hope, and like you said, maybe some of the winners this coming year,
2: and is there? Yeah, any- we would love to do that. I would, I mean, yeah. we want to, we want to, um, you know, sort of uh, give them a lift in their profile, but, you know, I love the work that you, you and Bill do, Anne, and, and that planting hope in hearts. I mean, I love that, that theme, and, and, you know, I really appreciate your, giving me the opportunity the platform to share this message and this challenge with folks and you know i I thank you for your work and thank you for having me tonight and uh it's been a lot of fun i mean i hope uh maybe somewhere and someday we'll meet for real but uh uh you know uh, but um but i mean one of the beauties of technology is that we can do this without being in a studio um you know in Milwaukee or, uh, you know, uh, in the suburbs of Philadelphia or the wilds of Northeast Indiana. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, any yeah. of those things. No, I'm very thankful and grateful for you having me uh, on your show, Bill and Anne. So thank you. Oh, absolutely. God bless.
1: God bless. Thank you so much. Please do come back again, Dr. Matt Smith.
0: Yeah, absolutely, folks. And I want to uh, remind you all that uh, you can sign up for that OSV Challenge at very simply OSV Challenge com uh, And, of course, uh, folks, uh, like our ministries, follow our ministries as well. If you're a first-time listener to the program, know that you can uh, follow our ministry at uh, patchworkheart.org. And you can find us and this podcast anywhere. Podcasts are streamed by simply searching for Patchwork Heart Radio. So you do that, and um, we join you each and every Tuesday and Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern, Live, but until then, keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or Andesantis2.